0: Leaders dust off the ashes and use their failures as fuel to work harder and as lessons to come back wiser and stronger, more resilient, more determined, and more committed to excellence. Today, I'm talking with Stephen Anthony Michelle. His friends uh, and you know followers on social media know him as Stevo. He is an alumni of Colorado State University where he earned his bachelor's in social work. Um, he, he went to school there for five years playing uh, football, outside linebacker. He, uh, he was recruited out of Jones High School in Central Florida where he grew up. Uh, got a full ride scholarship out to Colorado. And from there, Made the decision to become a firefighter, and for the last four and a half years he's been with uh, the fourth largest fire department in the state of Florida. Um, it just so happens that he grew up in central Florida in in kind of a, a pretty rough neighborhood um, it's it's known as Timberscan. you could google it uh, it's it's a little bit of a notorious neighborhood in, in central Florida. Um, Steve-O has seven siblings. He is the third oldest. Uh, he has two older sisters and the, and the rest are younger. Now, his parents originally are from Haiti. Uh, unfortunately, after his parents immigrated from Haiti to, to Florida, um, Steve-O's father, uh, passed away when he was four years old. When Steve O was four years old, and um, yeah, his, his mother did an amazing job raising him. And we're gonna hear a little bit about his life growing up and and really what has shaped him. I, I've known him for a few years now, and uh, you know I follow him on social media. He has a beautiful family, and um, just. What an incredible person, which is why I invited him to be on the show. And uh, let's welcome Steve-O. Thanks, man. Thanks for for coming on the show.
1: No problem, man. Thank you. I appreciate you having me, David. I really do. I appreciate it.
0: So tell me a a little bit uh, about your life growing up. Um, Did... Did your mom move to Timberscan after your father passed, or was that where uh, you guys lived your, your entire life?
1: So originally, I was born in Fort Lauderdale. When I was roughly like four or five, my mom and my grandma moved to the Central Florida area. Um, we didn't necessarily move to Timberscan initially, but we was in that Texas Ave. Rio Grande area which is the area where Timberscan is we stayed in several different apartments and eventually we ended up in Timberscan when I was in second grade and I didn't leave Timberscan until ooh, maybe I graduated college slightly before I was about to get into the fire department when I went to college and came back home to visit and actually came back home forever I actually went back to Timberscan because that was my primary address, that's where my mom lived, my seven siblings, my nieces and nephews. So I've been in Timberscan for a while. Um, it's not the first place we moved in, but that place that we call, we would call home eventually because I was there from straight away until after college essentially. So I was there for a while, man, long time.
0: The, the bulk of your, your young life, you lived in Timberscan and it wasn't always as rough as it got um, but can can you share with the listeners your experience living there and growing up there
1: so my experience living there growing up it was now now actually looking bad on it man honestly I don't even know how I made it out you know because that was my norm, stuff that was going on there, the way it was ran down, the way the what we would call the dope boys hang outside and the kids run around and, you know, all the drama and chaos that always went down, police running in and out of the neighborhoods, taking people to jail, um, jumping out on people, the drug dealers on the block and stuff. That was normal for me. That That felt like home. That felt like my norm. That felt like that's the way life was supposed to be lived because we stayed in that area. I never been two miles outside of where I was from due to, until I went to Colorado State. I never been outside the state. I never been outside anything like that. So that was normal for me until I went to Colorado State and I look back at those times, I'm like, man, how did I make it it out? I was a young kid walking from at least four or five miles from practice to timber scan, because my mom either didn't have a car or she was working and it just was a lot going on. And um walking into my neighborhood, you see all the, you see all the dope boys on the block, the drug dealers, police running in and out. The neighborhood just ran down. It's like a like a slum lore area. You you can't contact the lord uh, the the rent or the mortgage guy because the person that owned the home due to If they go in there, he's going to get robbed. You know, back then, we didn't have cash App, We didn't have Zelle, We didn't have none of those resources to where you can give. You don't have to do face-to-face. Back then, they had to show up to the front of your house and collect the check, collect the rent, collect the mortgage, whatever the case was. And those guys get robbed. Like that, that was the lifestyle. The ice cream truck didn't come to a certain time. They came only when there was daytime. The pizza man used to get robbed. Like it didn't matter who it was. And it was so bad that my friends would stay outside the neighborhood and be like, Look, my mom told me i to go in I got to wait for you outside over here. I'm like, What? But to me, I'm like, This is normal to me. Everybody knows me. Everybody knows Steve i I'm one of the good guys on the block. I played sports. So I was well respected. So Walking in and out of the neighborhood wasn't an issue, but when my friends started not to come in, or they just wouldn't show up to my house or anything, I'm like, man, what's going on? But that was that was my norm, you know? And um, most of the time, people lived there for free. It was so ran down, like, I mean, my posted up. One day, man, I came out of college, and I just recorded, just recorded Timber scan, just walking around and just recorded, because everybody in college is like, man, I wonder if where you're from is, is that bad. I'm, I'm telling you, man, just because I walk around with smiles and giggles, I got here on a full Scholarship, and I'm kind of good, and I'm, I got good grades or whatever the case may be. Life, it, it wasn't never this was easy. When I go back home, it's a totally 360. It's totally different. I'm looking over my shoulder. I'm making sure that I'm on my P's and Q's. I'm making sure I'm not, I'm not in the area where I get jumped out and just go to jail just because I'm hanging around the wrong people. And those are my boys. So when I come home, it's like, nah, leave the football player alone, man. We, we can't have them around. And although it was that bad with a lot going on, those guys protected me because I was doing things that they never done. I was doing things when, – when when I played football, when I made it out, I was doing it for the people that, that couldn't do it. And I couldn't do it because they just wasn't capable. It's just mentally um, – being trapped in your environment that's a real thing thinking that this is only the only thing that you know that is real is people think that is it, mental health and stuff like that is definitely a big deal but being trapped in your mind and thinking this is all that you know that's the reason why people don't make it out it's not because they don't want to I guarantee they don't want to live that way but that's the only way that they know and they just get it that way and I'm not saying that selling drugs and trying to provide – I'm not saying selling drugs and doing bad things are wrong are, It's good. It's not good at all. But those guys are doing it just to support their family. That's the only thing that they knew how to do. And um, little kids – like where I'm from, little kids on the block learn how to shoot a gun before they even knew how to read. You want to know why? Because I was one of those guys. The big homie on the block like, hey, shoot this. I shot it. And i tell you what, my grades was not good in school. I couldn't get in front of my class and read a sentence. You know, and I knew how to hustle before I, even go to, before I even go to a library, before I even go to school. That's the way I was taught. And I didn't have my father around. So my mom essentially raised me 100%, but she wasn't around, she had to go to work. I had to go to school. I ran around on the block. The streets raised me in a sense. A lot of the things that I learned from, that I do now, because every negative situation, you can take something positive away from it, like, outside of selling drugs, I took out that hu- hustle mentality, instead of hustling to sell drugs, I hustled to it, make it out, you know, and that's the way I live my life now, it's just like when, when th- things go sideways, I think about that hustle mentality, and also, although the drug dealers on the block wasn't doing the right things. We look up to those guys. Those are our big brothers, those are our dads. And they took care of us. So when I made it out, I was like, you know what? I'm gonna come back to my neighborhood and help those. If if it's not my neighborhood, that surrounding area, that two, that, that two-mile radius right then and there where I know everybody, when I jump off the truck, man, they're like, Steve-O, man, what's up, man? I remember when he used to be on the block, he used to smoke with us, he used to do this and do that, but that's what I knew, you know? And that, that is like a thorough world country and there's potholes everywhere. Um, the water, the lake in the back, it's so bad that the lake in the back run into the neighborhood. When it rains, you know, you've been there. When it rains, it's a flood. Yes. You're looking at like, you think Hurricane Katrina came through there, man. And um, in all actuality, man, we was, I, I hate to say it, 33rd was the only view that we had, the Orange County Jail. So if I'm looking at that, to be cool, it's like, man, I want to go over there. I want to be in the county jail. That to earn my stripes or to be the big badass on the block. You know, I want to go to the Orange County jail. How can you fault me for thinking that? When I wake up, the first thing I see outside of the sunset is the Orange County jail. You know, I'm not seeing a stadium. I'm not seeing uh, anything that has some significance of importance that I'm like, you know, I want to do that. It's either I seen police running in and out of the neighborhood chasing the guy in Orange County jail. Then the guys come back from jail, like, man, I was in the county, man. Yeah, I held my own. Like, the boys can't hold me in the county, blah, 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 blah. And you're like, man, I want to know what that's like going to the county jail. And it's, it's a real thing. And like I said, it's like a third world country in you know, I man. Everybody's just fighting for survival, just, just trying to make it out in their own way. And majority of the time, making it out there was trying to make fast money, you know? And I can't sit here and tell you, I'll lie to you and tell you that I wasn't involved in those things. I dibbled and dabbled and did the wrong thing, but I didn't have a man to come home and be like, look, man, get your behind the side. You need to get on your schoolwork. My mom barely knew how to speak English. She barely knew how to read and write. So that trickled down to my learning habits, my learning lifestyle that I didn't didn't fully understand the language or reading writing Until I was in like maybe ninth, 10th grade. I struggled in school when it came to education, but you look at it, my mom never helped me on my homework. She didn't even know what to do on my homework. Once you get to go to school, you come back home, that's it. You know, and we, we just didn't have the lack of resources in that place was terrible, man. No, the lawn wasn't getting done, man stuff get broken in that neighborhood that's it you just done and then eventually it just get ran down to where you just like "Hmm," this third world country you step outside of that you go two miles down the block to the millennium mall it looked totally different in that area you go even even towards the citrus ball area you go towards pine Hills, clericone or koi it's totally different so It's just the best way I can describe to you. Just think about it, ran down, through a country. That's pretty much what Timoscan. And they called it Pakistan, you know, so better tell you. So
0: when, when I was running out of station 50, we called it little Mogadishu. (laughs) What that mean? Well, Mogadishu is where uh, uh, Black Hawk Down, you know, that movie Black Hawk Down, when um, they had operations going on over it's a third world uh country there and you know they they shot down that black hawk helicopter and you know it was all over the news oh, like, yeah, yeah. Yeah. but that's essentially <laughs> when you drive in there it is like a third world country it uh, is <laughs> yeah. it is it, funny because my my
1: wife-to-be, man, we travel a lot. We go to different countries. And I'm like, man, because people used to say it was third world country, but I never knew what a third world country was besides looking at books and TV. So then I actually went to a couple of third world countries. I'm like, whoa, this, <laughs> this, and I felt, and sad to say, I felt like home. You know what I'm saying? Because it felt like Timmy's I'm like, man, I feel like I belong here. Cause I been I did all them years in Timiskaming. I'm like, it feels exactly the same. And when I showed my wife, she like, yeah, this does look like that video. So, <laughs> it is what it is.
0: So, now, have they condemned all the buildings there? Or
1: honestly, I ran a call there right before I got promoted. Everything in the back is knocked down, but it's at least. Ten people still living there. They still holding on strong. Wow! And you know the young lady that got killed by the guy in UCF or whatever the case is, and he ended up killing himself. They found the young lady in skin about three weeks ago. No kidding. So it's still it's still popping off over there with only ten people there.
0: <laughs> so. That's you know one one way in and one way out. That's it. And it's uh, when when I first got on the department in in ninety nine, it was full. You know there was it was a full neighborhood, and we would always run calls in there for for assaults, shootings, stabbings. Yep uh fires all the time and you know with with the way the construction of those buildings were you know a lot of times they are pretty run down yep. and it was easy for a fire to spread through those yep. those units rather quickly
1: yeah you know what's what's so crazy is i was riding on one of the older guys and they some of the guys talk about situations that happened there I remember we was in Timberskin we got a call this I was like oh that's when such and such died oh that's when such and such died because I was young and I was living there I remember the stuff and I was like yeah yeah I was on that call was he in this room and they said this right here happened and I'm like yeah and I'm like this is crazy (laughs) hey this is crazy how how young I was and the older guys was just running in Timberskin and I worked for the fire department that those guys, them guys explaining the story to me and I'm there watching it. So it's crazy.
0: You must've had some, some role models or some mentors once you got older and, you know, got into college and maybe some people that encouraged you to, to go into the fire department. Um, well, let me ask you that question. What made you want to become a firefighter?
1: So, what made me want to become a firefighter? So, I was at Jones High School, and um, I was in tenth grade. This guy named by this guy named Arthur Battles. He's he used to work for Orange, um, not Orange County, Orlando Fire Department, the city for thirty years. He just retired, and he's from the rough side of Orlando as well, but on the other side called um, Carver Shores and Richmond Heights area. He um went to Jones High School. He went there back in the day, and we had an impact program. Impact The impact program was for the kids that were at risk, and I was one of the kids that was at risk of maybe not graduating or need help, need some type of guidance. So the media lady was like, hey, what you want to be when you grow up? I'm like, I'm going to NFL. <laughs> That's what I'm doing. I'm going to NFL. She was like, no, no. Know I'm talking about a real professor. I'm like, I really don't know. I don't know. It's just like, okay. So she paired me with uh Mr. Battles, Arthur Battle. Arthur Battle like, Hey, what you think about the fire department? I'm like, What the fire department, man? I don't want to do that. So then we gained the relationship. He'll come see me every Wednesday. Every Wednesday, we'll talk, talk. He's like, hey man, can I come pick you up this weekend? I want to take you to where I work, where I used to work at. I'm like, where? The fire department. I'm like, okay, whatever. He took me to the station, one downtown, man. And I was hanging with the fellas. I, I walked in there, just like any old kid that goes to the fire station and see a truck. I'm like, whoa. I'm in 10th grade. I'm like, this is what you used to do? I'm like, yeah. So, and there's a whole bunch of guys walking around. And what really sold me was some of them guys played college football, college baseball, college basketball. Um, some guys didn't. Some guys' fathers was in the, just a firefighter, and they decided to do some guys' backgrounds with sports, some guys' background with just business. And I'm like, if my background is sports and they doing it, so that means I can do it. Then if Mr. Battles, another um, African-American brother that came from Joe's high school doing it, so that I can do this too. And I'm like, you know what? If I don't make it to the NFL, this is what I'm gonna do. Try out to try to make it to the NFL, Did a pro day and everything, things didn't go my way. Got back home, contacted Mr. Battle. I was like, look, man, I want to get in the fire department. What do I got to do? He he gave me the steps. He checked on me every day make sure I was doing it. Bam. And I got in with Orange County.
0: That's a pretty awesome story, man. Because, you know, I, I grew up. My dad worked for Orange County. I, I grew up in the fire department. Uh, you know, I know the way that I grew up is quite a bit different than the way that you grew up mm-hmm. and uh, you know, the, the influence that my dad had, you know, he used to go to the, the elementary school that I was at or, you know, the, the middle school, that kind of thing. But one of the things that, that struck me when I got older and I was on the department and uh, you know, there's not, if you look at, um, the Explorer program. I, I remember seeing one of the groups that there was no African-American kids in the Explorer mm-hmm. program. And I would imagine, you know, going to Jones High School, the kids that were in the Explorers were probably equivalent to like the, the band the Pretty <laughs> yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, that's true so not a lot of I, I would imagine not a lot of encouragement to to go into the fire department
1: Mm-mm.
0: you know and and like not really meeting anybody that worked in the fire department until you were in high school that really took an interest in you and like i mean I'm I'm, like that's so freaking cool, and I, I I would love to do something like that, but I know, just you know, if I were to show up at Jones High School and tell a group of African American kids, it wouldn't mean should, nothing. No, it wouldn't mean anything.
1: <laughs> I mean, we just being honest, like
0: yeah, presentation,
1: presentation, and someone that actually looking like you. And then sometimes you don't even have to be looking like, you come out the same situation. Like, oh man, his dad passed away when he was young. And he don't have a father figure, he still made it out. It's those small little nuggets of your story that relates to people that be like, you know what, man, I can do that. Yeah. Like I seen a fire truck running in and out of Timber's camp all the time. I'm walking home. And I just look at it like, oh, okay. Whatever, you know, and when they was in Timberskin, it just, honestly, it's just a whole bunch of white men jumping out of the truck. Yeah. White, nice men that's like that want to help you. And I'm like, okay, whatever. It, it, it wasn't a big deal. But as I told you, presentation, an example, somebody that not, he didn't even have to look like me. He came from Jones High School. He's from the inner city. Everything about him was, was an older me. And I'm like, man, you know what, man, I can do that. And if you look at sports, you look at the guys that come from the inner city, the stories that they tell are the guys that look like me, come from the inner city. And then guess what? I'm like, well, if he can go to school to play football, why can't I? It's just, it's what's being presented on TV or just in front of your face that makes you be like, you know what? I can do that. Why not? So we have more presentation 100%. Like right now. Honestly, Dave, I got so much of my homies in the fire department, I can't even count. They didn't know anything about it. They're like, hey man, are you in the fire department? Like, what is that about? I'm like, yeah, it's this, you know, you work 24, 48. Most of the guys are athletes, of course. So I'm like, you hang around a group of guys, the camaraderie, the, the family, you work 24 hours, you run on call, the fire is like your game day, extrication is like your game day, do your job, go back to the station. The gathering around, how we climb around the locker room, we do that at the dinner table, man. It's a good time, bro. It's like hanging around with your friends, pretty much in the essence. But you have rank structure and stuff like that. They like sign me up. I never, <laughs> I never knew that. Not even I was like, bro. I love this job, man. Where, where has this job been? I said it's been around for a long time. It's just, <laughs> it just, it just wasn't pushed heavily, honestly. Yeah. So now I'm one of the guys. I work for the wellness program with Orange County. I'm one of the guys that go out and help recruit and um, talk to young guys. You see, I push it a lot on my social media. If I show you my DMs, they, countless of people. My wife be like, man, you are really an influencer, man. People look up to you, man. I walk around on the streets, they just come up and start talking to me. Oh, you still all right? You know, blah, 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 blah. I'm like, yeah, man, what's up? And like, I thought I'd never see you in person, man. It's cool. I'm like, look, man. You know, most people heroes are people that never see. I'm like, man, I'm a real life hero, and that's how I carry myself. You know, I'm never too good to talk to anybody. I'm never too good to go back where I'm from. I'm never too good to just take that moment to explain to a kid like what the fire service is like, what it is, what how how did I make it out? How did I? How was I able to stay so poised in a situation that was so terrible? How did I learn from my mistakes and stuff like that? I get questions asked all the time, and I. And I'm always there to talk about it. I love it. I love it. Because I'm a real life You Everybody look up to LeBron, but you're not going to see LeBron, probably. You know?
0: Yeah.
1: You know, you're not going to see the Cam Newtons. You're not going to see, you know, the Beyonce's and stuff like that. Jay-Z, you're you just not. You're not going to really see You're just not. It's one in a lifetime. But I walk these streets all the time, and I'm able to connect with the people that's where I'm from that I see regularly, so.
0: Before we started recording, you, you let me know that that you just moved to Station 42 uh, with your promotion. You got promoted to engineer or lieutenant?
1: Engineer. Nice.
0: Yeah. So early on in my career, I was always told that, you know, engineer is the best job in the fire department. And I tell you what, I I went from engineer to lieutenant and being a lieutenant was the best freaking job in the fire department and then i made battalion chief and that was the best job in the fire department like i got to hang with instead of just one station full of people you know it was six stations i got to hang out with yeah and, you know and and it just I, I'm not going to take anything away from, from engineer because man, that was a great job. Driving the fire truck is freaking awesome. Is it not?
1: Yeah, it is, man. The kids, <laughs> the kids love you more than the lieutenants and everybody else because you he's driving.
0: <laughs> <laughs> so one thing that I, I want to touch on is so as a firefighter, you worked at station 50, which is right down the street from TimberScan. Yeah. That's yep. Timber Scan is in Station Fifty's first due, um, you know, Thirty Third Street is same thing. Fifty's first due, same thing. You know, yep. Uh, you know, Thirty Third Street is the county jail, and uh that that houses both men and women. Um, and it's not, you know, it's I I would imagine it's not like the the easiest county jail to get a long end you know it's Mm, kind of rough (laughs) yeah oh yeah but from there you get promoted and you go to station 42 which is uh uh, constantly neck and neck with 50 for call volume Mm -hmm. and and where station 42 is is pine hills which has a couple of nicknames uh crime hills choppa city Mm -hmm. uh well you go from from one uh pretty rough area to another rough area do you feel like when you jump off the truck there that uh, you've got kids looking at you and like going, "What the what the heck's going on here?"
1: Yeah, hundred percent. Because honestly, Pine Hills is um, another inner city. It's just more of, it, it, how can I explain it? Pine Hills is like more people own their homes. It's still the inner city. It's still rough, but it's a step above fifty. More people own their homes, and they try to do well with it for the most part. But it's still in that rough area. Um, it's still predominantly Haitians and African American in that area. Um, it still got one of the um, high schools over there called Evans High School, and uh, it's. But jumping out the truck is the same exact way. Hey man, what's up, man? And they just think that if let's say everybody on the crew is Caucasian and I'm the only uh, African American, they only want to communicate with me or or uh they want to ask me questions. Are oh, you a fireman? I've never seen a black fireman before. What is it like? Or um, oh, and some of them even know me, you know, cause my um some of them even know me because I 50 and Pine Hill, everybody is cool. It is just. Everybody know each other from playing sports or whatever. So I jump out of the truck. It's majority of the time, I, it's somebody I know out there. And my lieutenant like, "Steve, oh, we can't take you nowhere, man." <laughs> Everybody. <laughs> <know>. <laughs> I'm like, yeah. And sometimes I don't even know the people. They just like, "What's up, Steve?" I'm like, "Hey, what's up?" And they just like, "Man, you just famous around here, man. Everybody just love you." And I'm like, and I'm not above anybody, man. I still, I'm, I'm humble. I speak to everybody like, hey, what's up, man? Hold a conversation with him. And I might not even know him from Adam and Eve, man. I don't know him. And I'm okay with that. That just let me know the type of energy, the type of aura that I have that people look up to. And I just step, I just walk in those steps and try to, you know, lead others to show them that you can make it out. So uh,
0: and it's an honor. You, and, and there you said the key word, lead. And... Like from the first time that I met you, the way that you carry yourself and and I like I knew that you had played college ball and I was like, Man, this cat's a freaking badass, man. I mean, is, <laughs> you know, you're you're pretty beefy, you're in really good shape. And uh like, man, this freaking guy, like uh, you know I I I don't think I ever got to really run any calls with you. No, but- but man, like you know, I used to see you at the Fit Pit a lot, and um, this, you know, you have you have a stellar reputation. You know, people would always welcome you at, at the stage. Yeah, you know? yeah. So
1: I mean, I I try to. I mean, I came through. I came from a lot, man. So it it, it wasn't easy to make you here. So I try to walk in that way to where. I I I know that the good thing about me is that I know I'm, I am I am a role model. No matter where I go, I, I give that or I give that energy. I know there's people in the room looking up to me. So I humbly accept that challenge. You know, I set that role. And even though my lieutenant is my lieutenants or any other lieutenant, when I walk in the station, it's like, man, we got Steve over here today, man. It's just being respected. and I, And I make sure I, I, you know, I don't want to do anything to sabotage that because my, my, uh, my colleagues look up to me as well, just as as much as my neighborhood do, just as as much as when I went to Colorado they do. When you realize you have a platform, you can use it for good or bad. I want to use it for good, you know. Mr. Battle was
0: was one of your mentors are there any other mentors that really kind of shaped your your work ethic and yeah so
1: mr battle is like it's two guys that 50 50 percent mr battles and 50 percent was this guy named boris jackson they call him jack um he was raised in a city of i don't know if you know where Station where station seven is in lake man estates is another rough area. He came from out there. He went to Jones High School. He took me in as, like his son, a big brother. I was at Jones High School. He was my head football coach, and I didn't have the grades. I got kicked off the football team because I had a 1.9 GPA. And he was like, look, man, I want to help you out. I will let you come to my speech, my speed camp for free, as long as you get your grades up. And since then, me and him been rocking and rolling to this day, man, I get advice from him with women, life, credit, finances, just the next big step I'm taking in life. I don't have a father. So I have to look out. I gotta look at my team to help me out. And my team is the people that, that surround me, the people that keep me grounded. I look at, so Mr. Battle and Bojack shape the person that I am today. I give them all the credit. You know, obviously my mom and my family, when I step outside of that, as males, those two guys, they get it hands down. And I still look, at, look up to them to, th- to this day if I have a problem. And if I need a male advice, I contact those guys and I get that advice. And he was my speed training coach, a speed training coach that turned up into a father figure pretty much. You know, and that's, that's just what it is. I had to use mine now that I didn't have a father. I had to use my outside resources, role models. I think mentors, mentors mean everything in this world, well, man. I think we undermine, we don't give mentors slash teachers enough credit. You know, those are the real heroes. Those are the ones that change kids' lives when the parents can't, or, you know, they going through rough situations to where the parents just not make, making ends meet. They're not, whether it's the environment, whether it's the parent is out on drugs or whatever the case may be, the next best thing is a mentor or a teacher because you spend half of the year in school and the next half you spend at home in a sense. So,
0: so what what year was that? Was that your your sophomore? Your sophomore that's my year? Um,
1: that was my that's my freshman year going into my sophomore year.
0: So you were ineligible to play and and yep. I guess he took you to the side and said, all right, mm-hmm. man, you gotta get your, your shit together.
1: Yeah. On the father athletic side, he took me in. On the mother academic side, a young lady named Catherine Kewen, one of the only Caucasian teachers that was at Jones High School, is roughly maybe. I can count on my hand how many Caucasian teachers were at Jones High School. And that was a predominantly black school. And most of those teachers that was at Jones High School, they chose to go there. So they were genuine. They were loving. Most people were like, nah. They get done, get their teacher certificate. All right, you want to go to Jones? Uh-uh, I'm not going to Jones. So those teachers appreciated. If you look at Jones High School, it's around the whole inner city, the ran down area. So the teachers knew what you was getting, you might get a kid that didn't eat that day, that come from a rough neighborhood, come from a uh, – don't have any manners because they're, they're mimicking their parents or whatever the case may be. And Captain Kieran took me in. I, I remember she wrote me up on a referral, Quick Store. She wrote me up on a referral. I, I came from a rough night at home. I didn't sleep. I didn't eat that night. And I'm just in Timberstead just running around. You know, I just went to school, and I wasn't listening. She's like, steve oh, you need to do your work. I'm like, man, I'm not doing no work today, man it's just like that. I'm not doing work. That I don't feel like it. And she was like, when she said one thing, I can't remember what I said. And she kicked me out. Got wrote up on a referral. She's like, I'm going to call your mom. I'm going like, to call my mom. She's not going to do anything. She did not even know English. You know what I'm saying? So, <laughs> so she wrote me up on a referral. And I was in ABS, alternative bell schedule. I went to school after school. So the kids got out at 2.30. I went to school at 3 o'clock to like 6. And it was my birthday. And I was in ABS. Somebody somebody knocked on the door and the teacher was like, What's going on? Hey, how you doing? She's like, This is Catherine. Um, can I speak to Steve O? I'm like, what is this lady want? She gonna rope me up while I'm here. Walked outside, and I mean, she just told me, just gave me positive reinforcement, things I never heard before. You are smart, you are intelligent, you are handsome, you're man. I think you could go a ways in life. Um, You just need to change your environment. You need to change the way you think. You need to change the people you hang around. I'm willing to help you get your grades up. You are a great athlete. I'm willing to help you get your grades up so you can play on the football field. And I'm looking at her like, but you the one that put me here. That's what I'm thinking in my head. (laughs) But then since then, every day after school, I'll be in her class and she was my football mom in a sense. Football mom is on Fridays. They give you food and, you know, give you pom-poms and all that type of stuff. And since then, now she's the godmother of my oldest daughter. Now, you know, so that's that's what I'm telling you, man. Mentorship and teacher are important. 100%. So she took me home one day. Then she began to understand why I was the kid that I was. She walked when I went when I went with her inside a Timber Scan, people thought I was coming in with the police. When, when she left, they was like, Steve oh man, what you what you got going on, bro? I'm like, no, nah, that's my teacher. I was like, okay, you know, I thought you, you know, you bring the police up in here. And when she walked in my house, and one day I sent a video to you. She walked in my house, she was like, Whoa, how do you come to school, man? How do you, you know. And now I know what you're thinking, but how do you come to school? How are you so like poised? That I wasn't a bad kid, I just didn't care about doing anything. You know, and, and she was like, And since then she she understood me. The only teacher that I did, when I got in trouble in classes, they said, I'm sending you to your mom's, Miss Cuan, uh Catherine. I'm sending you to my I go in there and she just talked to me. Even when I make mistakes, she still believed in me, even when I failed, she still believed in me. And I didn't know about college until she told me about college. I was like, well, what's college? And then we start looking up colleges. Colorado State came up and she was like, You going? And then I went. So yeah, all I can say is, man, I'm just grateful for my team. I call it my team. We all we need a team, man. So
0: that's pretty freaking cool. Well, what I'm sure that there are people that you mentor informally or formally because i i would imagine that there's there's young men and women that seek you out mm-hmm. uh, that follow you on social media and all that mm-hmm. what what advice would you give to somebody listening right now that um you know is really in in an environment that you grew up in and uh really doesn't see uh an opportunity to make it out of there?
1: The advice I tell them is you have to put yourself in uncomfortable situations. And those uncomfortable situations are, it might be education. You're not good at reading. You're not good at math. Uncomfortable situations might be, you know, your parents might not be the greatest parents to you, but you go to your teacher and like, Hey man, I need help. You know, you you can't fight this battle alone. You you can't, and and some in some way, like your environment is is a demon. It is one of my demons that I was fighting with every day. Is trying to pull you back. It's trying to pull you back, and you have to understand that, as we said before, when you fall flat on your face, you have to get back up. You have to know that. You can see yourself in those type of professions that others are doing that come from a good background that has you know family tradition setting them up as life goes I didn't have that you have to play the cards that you the the hand that you are dealt and play checkers and um, play chess not checkers and most importantly you have to make great decisions I couldn't have made it if I didn't make good decision I'm not saying that you're not gonna mess up. I'm not saying that you at the end of your fifteen or fourteen years old, you don't have that cognitive great decision making skill, but that's when you reach out to those that are willing to help you. Don't be so oh, you know my mom and my dad hurt me so I'm just gonna push people away from me. nah you have to heal. you have to open up and allow those to see the best in you, see more than you than you see in yourself because it's tough. It, it really is, man. If it, it, it feels easy, everybody would do it. And people that don't come to, from the situation I come from, the first thing I always say, you did it, Steve-O, why they can't do it. I'm like, it is not that easy, dude. It's not. Just the same way that you couldn't be an athlete because you can't do it. Just the same way that I probably wasn't a straight-A student. You know, it's, It's only a 2% of people that can make it out. And I was like, you have to understand that where you come from shapes the person that you are. For example, you, Dave, your father was a fireman. You went to go see him. He brought you to the firehouse. Like, people are not getting that on the regular, man. You know what they getting? Their mom rolling up a blunt in front of them. Their dad rolling up blunt in front of them. Their dad carrying pistols. You know, that's what I saw. That's what people from the inner city is seeing. So it's like, well, they can do that. You know, instead of purchasing my first book, I'm going to purchase my first gun, you know? And that's just presentation is everything. And we know that it's wrong, but you get so deep into the game with maybe a felony, three, four, five felonies that you're like, oh, this is me for the rest of my life. You know, and the advice I give them is you gotta stay, you gotta stay strong here. You gotta put yourself in uncomfortable situations. You gotta be able to look at your homies and be like, "Look, man, I don't care what y'all doing. I'm trying to make it out and keep going." Because to this day, I got homies. I was like, "Man, I should have just kept doing with you, were doing, bro." Even when I used to tell you, "Let's get practice," you like, "Nah, bro, I'm going to practice." In that time that I didn't go to practice is what got me in this situation that I am today. I got homies doing life. I got homies doing 30 years. I got homies that are dead. I got homies doing life and they still call me a day. Like, man, I wish I I could just did what you did, bro. I don't know how you did it. How did you make those good decisions? But you did it, man. I just got focused once I realized I can do it. Once I had that team behind me, I look, man, I come get you. I'm like, okay. You know, I wasn't like, man, you know what? Man, I don't care. He just, they don't care about me and stuff like that. Nah, when I couldn't do it, when I felt like I wanted to give up, I lean on those that's around me to pull me out. But it's just just a decision-making skill. And that's that's a hard skill. Even adults don't even have that skill to make good decisions. That is a hard skill to have, making great decisions. And making great decisions, putting myself in uncomfortable situations is what got me in today. And knowing that, I am not that person that I, I was yesterday, you know? I'm not that person that, I made that mistake, but it is what it is, I am not that person. And that's okay. Yeah. You know, you look at stories of other people that's, that's higher up in life, that's doing very well, that holds some type of value that people respect. They'll tell you, man, you're gonna, fa- you're gonna fall flat on your face, but how are you gonna respond? Yeah. Is just your situation can either want you to do more, or hinder you as a person. Like not having my dad around, you talked about my family, not having my, uh, a family around. That's why I'm a family man. I love my girls, you know? I'm like, I always gotta be there. Not having my mom at my games and stuff because due to certain circumstances, I show up to all my kids stuff, you know? So it's either what you've been through is gonna help you or are you just gonna use that as an excuse? I didn't have my dad around so how i supposed to love my kid. That's just an excuse, you know? I didn't have this around, so that's why I didn't make it out. You have to make a way out of nowhere, and the cards that you are dealt, those jokers, you got to turn them to aces. It is. Turn them all to aces. So those are the advice that I give them. I'm like, I didn't do nothing. I don't have any. I'm the same person just like you. I put my pants on like you. I put my shirt on like you. I have to go into these profession is just like you. I have to work out just like you. If I'm trying to be an athlete, whatever, the only distinguished factor that I have is that I just didn't quit. I just kept pushing. I kept pressing, fell on my face, wipe the dirt off. It's all good. And I know it's going to happen. And I carry that same model now to this day. It works. You keep banging at the door. It's going gonna, it's, it's gonna to go down. I promise you. And that's what I tell them. You have to keep knocking at the door, knocking at the door, knocking at the door. And I always tell people, I always leave people with this when I go out and speak. Whoever you look up to, no matter who it is, Google them and look at their life story and see what they've been through to make it out. Everybody has some type of trial and tribulations that got them to where they're at today. There's nobody in there that made it out. That's the 2% of the world that's going to be like, yeah, I just woke up and it just fell in my lap. (laughs) <laughs> nobody's going to say it. They're going to tell you they lost sleep, they lost family members, they had rough backgrounds. Maybe their mom was on drugs, their dad was on drugs. Um, maybe their parents wasn't there at all. They was foster kids. You're going to see something that's like, you know what? I'm not the only one that's fighting this battle. So if they can do it, I can do it. So. One,
0: one thing that I would say... I've, I've interviewed a lot of different people on this podcast. And, you know, where I grew up, I, I grew up right around the corner from Station 41. Okay, uh, Lockhart. I, yeah. And, and so there's... Water. Yeah. Well, actually, like, as a crow flies, one block from Station 41. Oh, so, okay. So right off of uh, Addison over there. So that's where I grew mm-hmm. up. I had friends, you know, that I did I played sports with that lived in Eatonville, some that lived over on Paramore. You know, it was um those individuals had something that I didn't have and that is that grit. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Where you I, I can't remember a single time that one of them complained about the yeah. conditions mm-hmm. that they lived in. Never once, but I knew it wasn't a good place to be. Like you know, they were they were tough. You know the you know on the wrestling team they they played football they wrestled, you know maybe uh, ran track. Um, I wrestled and and ran track. So like you, a lot of times they didn't have rides. You know to get get home after practice or or uh get to the the meets and on occasion i I would get to see you know some of the homes and and uh i was thought, man they're you know they're a tough motherfucker
1: yeah Uh, yeah yeah man i can I see it in my kids and because my mom, my sister, they still live in the inner city. I see it in my kids, like my niece, man, she's a badass. <laughs> I'm talking about like, she, man, she going to beat the boys behind. She don't care in sports, physically, mentally. And my girls are like, good. like, oh, no, I'm, I don't want to. I'm tired. It's it just, it, it, she got that grit. You know, and, and like I tell people, man, the struggle build champions. You got to go through something, man. And that's how it was. Like, that's how I was playing football, man. It was my safe haven. Like, that. what kept me out of trouble playing sports. I never went home often. Every time I went home, it was nighttime because I stayed in sports. It was my safe, safe haven. I come home in the hood. Everybody like, man, you heard about what happened? I'm like, no, nah, it's was at practice. I dodged a bullet, whoo. You know, cause that could have been me. Hey man, Steve, well, you heard what happened, man? This is what happened. We were sitting on this green tank, the green tape we always sit on. And the police jumped out on us and took all of us to jail. Who dodged another bullet just because I was at practice. You know what I'm saying? Like it was my safe haven. Then when I went to practice, I went to, I went to make damage, you know? <laughs> like I'm trying to knock somebody out. I'm like, cause, it's my safe haven, Is my where I can release and have fun. Is where I felt the most wanted and needed. It's like, man, we need Steve over here, man. And it just and it just built that grit, man. I just go out there and the guy's like, man, you my wife to this day, like she like you just so poised, man. It's like nothing bothers you. It's like I'm like, look, man, I've been through worse. You shouldn't make it happen. <laughs> you know, and versus her just crying and being upset I'm like look man just calm down it's gonna play out you wanna know why because I've been here before <laughs> you know so you're right man you get that grit and I, that's how I live my life in everything that I do you know I'll just look at him like you know what man I've been here before I just turn that switch on everybody don't have that switch you know I don't mind being boxed in the corner I'm gonna come out I promise you you know I'm like that little dog that he been in the cage. And when you let him out, <laughs> <that's it. laughs> You know, so I just, that's the mentality that I carry. I try to teach my girls that. And that's the type of mentality I tell guys that, that guys or girls that contact me and like, man, I need some advice. I'm telling you, if I show you my Instagram, you'd be like, whoa. And you just a, you just like a low-key hero around here. And I'm like, look, man, you got to want it more that they don't want you to have it. That's the difference. You have to. The... the just like that person don't want you to have, you gotta want even more. Then it's just that simple. So you gotta use your struggles as motivation. If 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 you don't care, watch the next person care. So that's just how I live.
0: If you don't mind, when uh when I publish this episode, I'd like to uh, share your your social media account in the show notes. That way if people uh want to see what you're up to and follow you
1: on social mm-hmm. media. Is that cool with you? Yeah, go ahead. That's fine, man. I love when you share my social media. You know how I like, I like to spread positivity, love, energy. And some people see y'all laughing, giggles until, you know, I post, like, this is where I'm from. This is where I made it out. And they can just see step by step. I have people to this day, like, man, I've been watching you since Captain Keenan, my mom, my um, second mom. I've been watching you since Catherine posted you on her social media when you was in ninth grade. They write me. And I'm like, wow. I remember when you signed your scholarship to go to Colorado State. I remember when Jones had you speak on the news about what it's like passing the FCAT for the first time and all this type of stuff. I'm like, what? And I'm like, man, I've been watching you for a long time, dude. And I'm
0: like, man, that's nice.
1: So, yeah, absolutely, man. I would love it. Go ahead. I have no problem with that.
0: Right, cool. And just for those listening, would you mind uh, giving, giving your Instagram handle? So...
1: so my Instagram is Steve O S T E V E O. Tatted up T A T T E D and the number four. My Facebook is Steve O Michelle. You can find me there. I'm always posting positivity, spreading good energy. Um Sean, where I'm at now and where I came from and um, just having fun with my girls and my family and just showing those men that's better out there, traveling in places I've never been before the places I've never even thought about going. And most importantly, showing what it's like in the fire service, what it's like coming from the inner city and being able to hang with the guys in the fire service and be an engineer and having guys look up to you. And I also share my background of playing sports. you know. Why did you make it to the n f l what was the what was the problem or what happened and you know things of that nature so just spreading positivity and love,
0: yeah, real quick, why don't you share that story how How come you didn't get get so out of the NFL?
1: I went to Colorado State, man, and first and foremost, I just want to thank Colorado State just for giving me a scholarship because I wouldn't be where I'm at today. I wouldn't have a degree. I damn sure wouldn't be able to have paid for school, so you know. I'm always grateful and thankful for what they have done for me. Coach Fairchild, which is my first coach, give me a scholarship. I just want to thank you. But a part of me believed that they had enough Steve-Os in the NFL. We need to have you go impact somewhere else. Ultimately, I went through three or four head coaches. Um, a lot of position change, defensive scheme change, and on my team we had great athletes. We all shared time and stuff of that nature. But I played out of position my last year. They had me rushing off the edge as a uh, most most of the time. Somebody that's coming off the edge is your bigger, six five, fast linebacker. I, that was me. I was fast. I was good. But I was six one two thirty going against 6'6", 3'30". and I did fairly well. I didn't do bad at all. And most of the scouts was telling my um was telling my agent like I was size, and they wanted to see me as a uh, on my true position outside linebacker. How about we send him to the CFL? And I'm like, look, man, I already spent time away from my daughter in the CFL. I'm like, hmm. I didn't want to go to the CFL and be right back in the same situation I was before trying to figure it out. So I was like, you know what? And it, it bothered me a lot, man. I didn't play foot, watch football for a while. You know, it, it, it hurted me when I went home, like I was embarrassed, you know, and my family was banking on me to go to the NFL. Like, I mean, I knew I was going to buy my mom a house. I knew, my siblings was going to be out of the inner city. I was going to move them out, everything, man. When I went home, they like, when, you know, we you going to get a call when you're to the NFL? And I'm like, I, don't, I didn't even know what to tell them. You know, the homies on the block like, yeah, yeah, you're going to get that call soon. We know we're going to see you. And in my head, I'm like, nah, it's over. But they don't know. I'm like, they they didn't know. And I'm like, nah, it's over, man. But I ended up getting into the fire department, realizing that, I can show people where I'm from. It's not, you only. If there's multiple ways of making it out. It's not only just football. You can be a doctor, you can be a fireman, you can be a nurse, you can be a business per, a person, an entrepreneur, like there's multiple ways to make it out. And now people are starting to realize that. And the house I dream of having, I'm living in it now. The car I dream of driving, I'm driving that now. When I went to NFL, I'm, like, I'm going to get me a Camaro. I'm driving that now, you know. And I realized that I just wanted to – of course, I love football, but I wanted to make it to the league for certain things that I can get that just doing that, just working a job, you know. And and we don't realize that until we get older. So now I'm preaching to the kids, hey, if you're good, go do it. Don't Don't go. Because it got me a scholarship. I love it. I go, if I can do it again, I'll try to go to the NFL again. But just understand that don't work out. Don't get down on yourself. Go make your, go make a legacy somewhere else. And that's what I'm doing. Like, I'm just as a role model, as a fireman, just as I was as a football player. When I was on the field. like, Steve-O, hey, come here, come and give me an autograph. When I get off the truck, Steve-O, what's up, man? Like, it's just the same. Guys reaching out to me of, how to get in the fire department as the same way when I was in college. Hey, how do I make it to college? How do I become a good athlete? So I realized that I'm a role model no matter what I do. You know what I'm saying? So, but that that was that happened. I just went through multiple coaches playing out of def- defensive schemes that wasn't my style of play, and that was it mainly. Partial is luck, right time, right, to- right place, right time. And, I mean, it is what it is, you know, as you move up, in sports, that percentage of making it is small and making it to college is a big deal because a lot of people don't, you know. So I'm just grateful for that. And I played the highest of the highest. I played Division One football. So I'm blessed. I'm thankful I wouldn't have any other way, you know. Who to say that if I would have made it to the NFL, I wouldn't be the person that I am today, you know. So everything happened for a reason. And I believe that wholeheartedly. God ordered my steps. I'm here and I'm taking it with honor. And I'm I'm just as happy as where I'm at now.
0: I have to believe that, you know, there's somebody whose life that you've impacted that you wouldn't have had you gone to the NFL.
1: Correct. Now, that's, me. yep. Honestly, so, yeah.
0: Well, I, I tell you, man, I'm talking with you. You know, you you told me a lot of stuff that I didn't know. Um, but man, this is this has been a really great conversation. And I plan on doing some talks at some of the local high schools and stuff. And
1: um, hey, contact me, I will be there. Yeah. <laughs> right, that's that's what I do, man. If I slow down because COVID, you know, nobody didn't want you in their school and stuff. Every year I go out to Colorado States to bolts. They had me speak to their um, at risk youth kids. I do that uh, on occasion, just how we zoom in. Teachers, regular, te- normal, just teach. I don't even know, hey, you might speak to my class. Okay, cool. You know, if you look at my Instagram before COVID, I was posting me going places and talking and stuff. So that's, that's what I do, man. I just share my story. I'm an open book. If you don't share, how you expect to change the world? You have to share, you have to be able to. Show those that that's what these kids want to see. You have to, this generation is a show me generation. It's not about talking like, you know, you can make it out. You can do this. No, they want to, they want to see somebody, show me somebody that been through the same thing like as me and made it out. That's it. Show me, you know? So that's what this generation care about. And that's what I'm about. I'm about going around, speaking, giving my time was at the Boys and Girls Club. I had a big interview with the, um, the Boys and Girls Club that had came out before COVID. And um, I, that's just what I'm about, man. You know, the county got caught, caught hold of my story and wanted to share it out and stuff like that. So I'm, I'm all for it, man.
0: There's my message, you know, of, of leadership and really, you know, not being afraid to fail. You know, because those are opportunities to learn and make yourself better, come yeah. back stronger and harder. And and without those failures, without those stumbles, you don't become uh, you don't become the great person that you are meant to be without learning the stuff that you shouldn't do. Yep. <laughs> and I, I tell you, I, I I like to talk about leadership and and you know personal ownership, um, personal responsibility, and that sort of thing, and and telling kids that, or you know young adults that um, they they have to believe in themselves and. Mm-hmm. And I know that when I'm talking, there's a certain segment of the audience that completely tunes me out. And <laughs> and I, I mean, I, I know it. Uh, you know, I'm just another white guy, you know? Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, I get you. So um, if there is an opportunity to where... You can speak truth to uh the kids that don't listen to me. Um what an impact
1: that yeah. could
0: have, you know. Um yeah, man. Yeah, so. i would
1: like to tell i like to tell them too, man, the the lesson is in the journey. I care less about the reward. I'm a, of course I'm gonna celebrate, but call me crazy, man. I love the journey. I love the the struggle, I love the the obstacles, the 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 hoops that you have to get through and then when you finally make it you like damn man that's what that's what you learn from you don't learn from the reward i mean you just don't you learn from the journey going through the valley you know yeah. fighting and crawling out man you know all the, the times that you shed tears and you got up and it was like you know what i'm going to keep fighting that's what you learn from
0: and i would encourage everybody to to follow you on social media because um yeah, you know, I I follow you. I love the pictures that you post. Uh, you and your family. Uh, I keep on thinking that you're going to post something that you signed some big modeling uh, <laughs> contract. <I did> <laughs> <laughs> that would be awesome, man. The those pictures that you post with you and your wife, man, uh, it's freaking awesome.
1: Heck yeah, man. That's my that's my wife right there, man. We just we just trying to show people that, it, we she come from the inner city as well, that it's all right. You know, just, you stick it, come together. You stick and have a family, even though family wasn't written or a traditional thing growing up, you stick and do it. You know, you just gotta make it happen. Like I tell you, you gotta play the, play the hand that you dealt. You gotta turn that that bad hand into a good hand. That's all it is. <laughs>
0: Well, Steve, um, and I really appreciate you you coming on and and talking with me. I know that the audience is going to get a lot out of this, and you know, I I just I, I can't thank you enough, and and thank you for for the service that you you provide to the community because uh, you know not everybody can can hang in those tough firehouses, man.
1: Nah, (laughs) Hey, man, it is tough, you know, but I just know it's a bigger purpose, man. When I want to give up and just leave because it's busy, I'm like, you know what? I'm doing it for something bigger than me, you know, and if those that helped me out in life, they told me, you owe me one thing, and I said, what is that? To do the same thing I've done for you, reciprocate that back and I said okay I show it if it's working at the busy firehouses where I can impact somebody that's what I'm gonna do they said I don't want no money I don't want no spotlight I don't want to be recognized I just want you the same thing I did for you you do that for the next steve and I just said okay
0: awesome, man. so well, and thank you so much and uh stay in touch. Yes,
1: sir. Man, thank you for having me. it was awesome, man. Let's just, let's do more projects together.
0: All right, man. Sounds good. Yep. Yeah, yes, sir. Thank you for listening to this episode of From Embers to Excellence. Please like and subscribe to my YouTube channel. Follow me on your favorite podcast platform and visit hollenbachleadership.com for additional content. My goal is, and always will be, to add value to as many people as possible, so if I can be of any assistance to you or someone you know, please connect with me via email or on one of my social media accounts, linked on the homepage of my website. Remember, our failures don't define us unless we let them, and the only true measure of a leader is the success of their team.